Uh, you know, I say I'm never going to do it again, but I also said that after, you know, my first marathon, and <laughs> that's not at all how that's worked out for me, so who knows, uh, it's just, you know, whatever, whatever the spirit moves me to think is my next goal, I go with that. Hello, my lovely podcast listeners, to the middle of April, I'm going to keep this short, because I'm sick, as you can tell. I'm not sick from COVID, I got my son's daycare cold, because he gets sick all the time, when they're just learning about, learning about? When they're getting all their different colds that they get at the daycare when they're young. So they build their immune system. And then he still likes open mouth kisses and I can't say no. So then I get the cold and I started to get a sore throat on Sunday and I panicked and I got a COVID test and they texted me within like 12 hours that I did not have COVID. So that felt good. This is coming out on April the 15th, which means that tomorrow is Tori's birthday. I think she's turning 41 or 28. I'm not sure. So if you want to wish Tori a birthday, go over to Instagram, find Tosho, and say happy birthday. She's not. She's younger than me. She's 34, which is annoying because she'll never quite catch up. And she starts her new job next now. Oh, my God. Now. I mean, she moves at the end of the month. So I'll start rambling about uh, stop rambling. And we are going to say a quick word from our sponsors because we've been loving working with Gooder. I'm loving when you guys are trying them and then you're tagging me in your Instagram posts with your sweet, sweet sunglasses on your face. Um, so if you go to gooder.com backslash TRW, you can see my favorites. Uh, I have the ginger sole on there, which is the black pair that's like just your go-to everyday looking slick. Flamingos on a booze cruise is the hot pink ones that make me super happy. Nessie Mid Nessie's Midnight Orgy is my ski touring pair because uh, it just goes with my ski outfit. And then you say bogey, I say flamingo. Oh my God, those are on sale. Um, I love those because they're really light and I wear them in the rain. Um, yeah, sweater vest for my face. I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, now that the sun is coming out, wearing them even more often than I did before, they don't stick. They don't slip is what I meant to say. They don't bounce. Um, I think I've mentioned before I have an oddly shaped tiny nose. And the fact that I don't have to push them up all the time is amazing. My mom got a pair and my mom is super, super fashionable. So if she knew she, if somebody knew she was wearing $30, $25 sunglasses, she'd be like, no, no, I swear they're like $500 because you can't tell the difference. That's how good they look. So they are fun and fashionable and functional. Um, cool things that I haven't mentioned before is that $50 plus you get free shipping. You have 30 day free returns, one year warranty that they were two time runners world gear of the year winning brand so you can't really go wrong with that so check them out gooder.com backslash trw and use the discount code trw for 15 percent off that's trw for 15 percent off that's so good go do it now today we're talking to vanessa now i'm not actually going to talk that much about vanessa because she does a so such a good job about telling her story and i found her on instagram um, hold on, let me find her Instagram handle so I can make sure I tell it to you guys. So she is with a C, V-A-N-C-E-S-A. Um, and it is Vanessa Goes From Fat to Fit and her personal blog. And she is one of the most positive, well-spoken, driven, happy people that I've um, ever spoken to. And well, you will just tell right away. I like was like, this person has some sort of background in speaking um because she was so well spoken and so captivating and you are going to walk away just feeling so good about the things that your body can achieve and 
how it makes you feel as a person um, and not how you look. So it's something that I think we need to hear a lot of and often and I'm just really glad that she's out there talking about this stuff for all of us and I want to say a huge thanks to Vanessa for doing that for us. Um, so go check her out. Her link to her website is there too and you're really going to love everything she says. I am sure of it and we are getting to summertime and that's exciting too. If you haven't checked us out on Patreon, you can find that link in my bio at Hillsport55. Um, and the reason that it's important to go there is on the Patreon, you get to see weird snippets of things that Tori does on runs. You get some strength workouts um, and then just some random posts. So it's just kind of a fun place. I'm not going to say oversell it and say that I do a whole bunch there because it is time and I don't, but I try to post fun things there every now and again. And it's also a really easy place to just like throw out recommendations or ideas and yeah, check us out. If you want to support the podcast, but Patreon is not for you and you are listening on Apple iTunes, you can leave a five-star rating or review and that would be cool too. And I will stop talking because I'm sure my voice does not sound super good to listen to right now. So thank you very much and have a great day. Okay. I'm here today with a guest from California who I found on Instagram and I've been finding your posts and your whole story really sort of on trend right now and also very inspirational and I'm really excited to chat. So thank you so much for taking the time and welcome to the show, Vanessa. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I First of all, I have to say, like I was going through your Instagram a little bit to find out more about you and you look genuinely happy in like every single post, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's that's rare now, but you can tell just how much you love running and how much it's done for your life. And I think that in itself is pretty cool and inspiring, to be honest. Thanks. Yeah, you know, I, and I'm sure we'll touch upon this as we go through some, some more of the story. But, uh, you know, the really the, at the end of the day, the big thing is that I, you never really know what, what you're going to get each day. And when I say that, I mean, uh, you know, I've had family members unexpectedly pass away, get cancer, or even, you know, I, a couple of weeks or excuse me, a couple of months ago, uh, had an incident, rolled my ankle, was out for a while. And so I was only out for maybe 10 days, but it was like, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. And so every day that I get to lace up and, and be outside, I really do think of it as I'm very fortunate because you just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So I, I'm very present in the moment when I run. And I think that's why running brings me so much joy. So I'm excited to talk. I think that's going to come up a lot as we talk uh, through through our interview today. But that's kind of my baseline. It is. It definitely is. And that's so inspirational. And that's actually something that I just spoke to a friend about before because her somebody was asking her what her goals are. And she was kind of saying to enjoy the process, which is just another way of what you just described. And I think we get co so caught up in the goals that you're right. Like you don't know how much you love it until it's gone sometimes too. Like after you have an injury suddenly and 10 days can feel like a long time. So <laughs> learning to love it every day. Okay, so for our listeners, let's do a bit of a background on um, who you are and let's maybe start with whether or not you were an athlete growing up and if you played any sports and um, if you ran at all as a kid. Okay, sure. So I did not do any sports at all as a kid. Uh, the story that my mom still loves to laugh about 
uh, when I was a freshman in high school, we all had to take PE. And I begged my mom every day, every day, mom, will you just run over my foot with your car so I don't have to take <laughs> PE? I mean, I absolutely despised taking PE. I was overweight as a kid and through my teens. And then uh, as an adult, I was even more overweight. But in high school, I was just kind of, you know, kind of chubby. But my PE class was full of the gals who were on the soccer and the volleyball team. So to add insult to injury, it's like I hated PE to begin with. And then, you know, they're finishing their 10 laps around the gym when I'm still on lap four. And so I didn't do any sports as a kid. I've never done any sports really. And I actually was more of a music and theater person. So that was, you know, the total opposite of, of sports. I was doing choir and performing in musicals. And so that's really where my heart was as a kid. And still still today, that's a very big part of me. I, I majored in musical theater in college and um, really that's where I was. So I didn't come into running until I was an adult. And long story short, like, you know, others have shared a similar story, but uh, I previously stated, you know, I was very overweight as an adult. I, I maxed out at 264.2 pounds when I was in college. Um, I was very tired walking upstairs, walking from the parking lot to my dorm in college. And I decided just something had to change. I couldn't, I could not live this way. I was not living my best life. And so uh, I started eating better, started losing weight. And after I'd lost some weight, I was actually performing in a musical and one of the one of the men in the show with me said, let's go for a run tomorrow morning. Uh, okay, I'll go for a run with you. And it was the longest two miles of my entire life. <laughs> I was like, this is horrible. Why did I say yes to this? What? And then of course, you know, after you finish, you're like, okay, that wasn't like the worst thing in the world. And then, you know, I'd go for, I'd go for a mile or so and try again. And it was, it was not easy, but it was just nice to be able to do something that my body previously hadn't allowed me to do. And as time went on, a couple of coworkers said to me, let's do a 5k mud run. And so I said, okay, I'll do it with you. Well, again, this was a group of very fit young men that I was doing this with. They totally left me in the dust. Um, but when I finished that 5k mud run, it was like a feeling I had never experienced before in my entire life. This feeling of strength and overcoming and doing something I might body wouldn't have let me do before I had lost the weight. And from there, I just running just became my thing. After that 5k mud run, I decided to sign up for a half marathon. I didn't know there was a distance between 5k and half marathon. So imagine my surprise when I found out how long a half marathon was. <laughs> um, but true to my word, six months later, I did my first half marathon. And um, since then have done multiple half marathons, multiple marathons and ultra and, um, you know, it, it's just become something that isn't necessarily all about the physical part because I'm not the fastest and I'm okay with that. But like I said earlier, it brings me so much joy and it's really a celebration of what my body used to not be able to do. You know, like I said, I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without getting winded. And now here I am, I've run multiple marathons. Like what a, what a, just a journey that I've been through. And, and so that's a little bit about how I've gotten into running and a little bit of my backstory that no, I was certainly not. I mean, I was the polar opposite of somebody who wanted to be athletic in my youth. And, um, it's just, that's just how, how I've transpired over the years and, uh, the journey that I've been on. What really stuck out to me is how fast you were addicted to what you could do physically and not like, Oh, I, I suddenly lost 10 pounds and then I lost 15 pounds 
Did you go into this with that mindset that you couldn't get upstairs and you wanted to be able to do that comfortably? Or were you, did you start out looking at the scale like everybody says that we're supposed to, um, and then learn that it was more than that? Well, you know, the real initial catalyst to wanting to lose weight was I was overweight. I graduated college with a musical theater degree. I wasn't getting cast in musicals. And uh, a lot of that was I, I knew that visually there are there's a lot of typecasting in, you know, in all performing arts, movies, musicals, things like that. And I didn't want to be either A, not cast in musicals because I love performing or B, when I do get cast, always being considered for the fat role only. And so that was the initial catalyst to, you know, I said, okay, I got to lose a little bit of weight. And, and then as time went on, um, you know, I was maybe doing 25 minutes on the elliptical at, to start because when I was that heavy, it was, it was hard to be that active or maybe going on a walk. And then just as it's like when you go through the layers of, of peeling an orange, it's like the more you do it, it's like the more you uncover and learn about yourself. It's like the more I wanted to to do more and be more. So I was starting out with just a walk or a few minutes on the elliptical. And then eventually I tried group fitness and then I tried my first cycle class. And then it continued to be like, wow, there is something within me that is is and can be more than I ever thought that I was. And so it was always like, how can I push my boundaries today? How much more can I do? What do I have in me? And both in the athletic sense, but also in the mental sense, you know, it's like going to a 45 minute spin class when I was 260, almost 265 pounds, that was like unheard of. And so to just be able to do that and do it multiple times a week, it was like, wow, I'm doing this. I can do this. What can I do tomorrow that I, you know, is a, a new piece of what I did today. And I just continued to build upon it. And so the athletic part, when I started my weight loss journey was not at all expected. It was just the absolute, just an absolute gift that came with my original journey. I thought I, you know, I, I thought I'd lose weight. I thought I'd look thin. I thought I'd get cast in musicals. I really compared myself to a lot of people I went to school with who were, you know, traditional um, musical theater performers. And when I say that, I mean, you think of the women who have been dancing since they were three and are five foot eight and could probably audition for the Rockettes, like that kind of stuff. And I thought that that's what I would be and that's who I would become. But who I became instead um, has just been such a gift and unexpected and, and came through the process. You talk about the mental side there of how can I push my boundaries? The next day, which is like, and you mentioned that you've done ultras, which is such an ultra mindset. And I think that's all, that's why we find ourselves in the excessively long races is we all want to know where's that edge. And if I get there, can I keep going? Mm -hmm. I always wondered, is this something we learn when we start running and get addicted to it? Or is it just an innate quality about our minds? So we're, are you like this in other parts of your life? Or is it something that just uh, occurred to you when you started running? That is a great question and one I definitely have an answer to. <laughs> I have always been just, I mean, almost disgustingly driven. And I say that as a kid, I, my mom used to tell me, I performed in musicals as a kid, and she said to me, when a musical that you are in is over and you don't have another musical to audition for, it was like a light switch went off that I was just a different person. And so I've always been, and at the time, you know, she and I didn't identify that that was because of my drive. You know, you're a kid, you don't 
you don't know that at the time. But as I've gotten older and I've gone through my employment and my physical activities and my music and my performing, I just I know that that's who I am. I'm very driven. In fact, I've taken, you know, different personality tests and they show you what your drive is on the bar graph. And I'm like, well, that's not surprising that it's almost to the top um, because I've always known that as an adult, that that's who I am. And so that's just, I'm wired that way, but it's doesn't mean that it makes it easy. You know, because I'm so driven, I set goals that sometimes are very ambitious and sometimes I achieve them and sometimes I don't, but um, I just, I just find that that brings me a lot of joy to have a goal and to go for it. And sometimes to have a goal that's so big and so scary um, that you kind of might kind of makes you a little sick thinking about it, but I still feel like, you know, that's, that's how I'm going to find who I am and my limits and knock on wood so far. I haven't found my limit um, though. The ultra was, that was pretty rough. I don't know that I would do that again, but uh, um you know, I, that's just who I am. And I know that that's unique and I embrace it, even though sometimes it's both a gift and it can, it can be a detriment to, to, you know, how much I push myself. But, you know, I th to answer your question, that's just who I am and uh, I love it. So that's why I keep doing it. Well, you may have already answered this in that answer. And this question also might seem like totally out of left field and like a very odd tangent. But um, my brother and I were just having this conversation because he's a creative and I'm an athlete. We're separate in that, but we have that undeniable drive that you're speaking about and these big, hairy, audacious goals that keep us going and light a fire. And like you said, like if you don't have those, you kind of like you go a bit crazy. So they're definitely something that's like so ingrained in us as a person. Um, and we were trying to figure out like, like, why is there, mm -hmm. and you kept saying, because I love it and I enjoy it. And that's kind of where I am too. And he just kept having the point, like, I wonder if, like, are we running towards something? Or are you running away from something? Because my biggest fear is a waste of potential. And so is, so is his. And I wonder if that resonates with you at all. Like, is it purely just that it's really fun? Or do you think there's something in our, like, we're tying our worth in as a person with achievements, if that makes That's, any sense at all. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't know, I have a direct answer, but a few thoughts came into my head um, as I, as you're saying that. So um, my mom is, my mom is the best mom ever. And I hope she's listening to this. And she would be, and I say that because as a kid, if we, my brother and I ever wanted to do something, she always encouraged us to do it always. Even if in her mind, she knew there was a, you know, zero chance of us um, being chosen for the musical or the sports team or whatever. She always told us, well, go for it, try it. You know, if it's, if it means something to you, do it. And so that always pushed me to, if I had an idea to say, I think I'm going to audition for this musical. I think I'm going to run for student body president. I think I'm going to apply to this college. I think I'm going to do whatever it was, apply for this job. Um, all those things. Um, she always said, well, just go for it. What's the harm if you don't succeed? You, you, you'll never know until you try. And so that narrative has been in my head forever. And so I think that that's part of why I am the way that I am, because there was never anything in my youth where it was, no, 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 you're, you're, you're not, no, that's not, you're not going to get it. So don't, don't waste your time. That was never an, at all a conversation that was had with me as a youth and, and still even as an adult, my mom's very encouraging. So I think that that's part of why I am the way that I am, because I've always heard, 
well, if you want to do it, just go for it. And like, what's the worst that could happen? That's a big thing that I ask myself. If I go for this, what's the worst that could happen? Not what's the best that could happen because you know your projected outcome if you're setting a goal. But really, what's the worst that could happen? I could DNF at a race. I could apply for, um, you know, apply for a college I wasn't going to get into. I could go for a promotion and not get it. And then what's, okay, so no harm, no foul. I'm exactly where I was when I started. I'm not a different person because I didn't succeed in these in these goals. And so I think that that's, uh, you know, that's not directly answering your question, but I think that that's why I am the way that I am, because it's really like, I have one life to live. Like, what difference does it make if I go for something and don't succeed? But if I do succeed, I know what I'm aiming for. And that's gonna be awesome if I get it. So um, that's, you know, I think that's how I've approached all my goals. And that's really how I approach my life. And so um, I don't know that it's, really anything else just that let's explore life and see what it gives me and go for everything that I want to go for and see what happens that's awesome um I'm I hope your mom listens to this too and I also am going to send it to my brother because he's really gonna relate to some of that stuff you just said and I love the what's the worst that can happen because you're right like we get so held back by things and people don't want to sign up for races, especially women, a lot of the times, and they, I know it's the same, the statistics are the same for women trying uh, new jobs or new career paths. It's like, unless we are 100% confident that we'll get the job, they don't even bother. And that's part of the reason I started this podcast, because people are going to hear people like yourself and be like, oh, that's true. Like, what's the worst that could happen? I don't finish this race. Like, I'm not any less of a person if that is the outcome. And mm-hmm. if anything, I'll learn a lot through the training and be a better runner at the end of the day anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're, that's exactly, you're exactly right. And that's why I'm like, well, I only get one. And like I said earlier, you only get one life. So why not live it, you know, to, to the fullest, whatever that means for you. And for me, that often means very big, ambitious things. Um, and what might be ambitious to me is like a walk in the park to somebody else, but that's not, that doesn't matter. It's the world that I live in and the joy that it brings me. So you talked about um, skipping the 10K and going for the half marathon, <laughs> which, you know, it happens. You finish that race and eventually you end up running marathons. Do you, can you tie us together between finishing that half marathon and what went through your mind that was like, that wasn't enough, let's double it up? So yes, uh, I finished that half marathon. Uh, the half marathon, it was a great experience. Uh, it was hard, really hard. Um, but I remember crossing the finish line. Well, originally, let me back up. So when I was <laughs> going to do it, you know, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a one and done kind of thing. Okay. But then I finished it across the finish line. It was on Valentine's day. My husband was there. He had run the 10 K and I was like, I'm going to do another one. And he was like, let's talk about this tomorrow when you can't feel your legs. And if you really still feel that way. And so, but you know, I did, I, I ran, I signed up for a few more half marathons and, and, uh, the Santa Rosa marathon is local to me. And there's a 5k and a half marathon attached to that event. And so I ran the 5k, uh, oh gosh, maybe a year later. Or so, um, a couple months later, and I was watching the marathon finishers after I'd finished my 5k. And I was just in awe of them. It was just fascinating to watch them. And I can't even describe why it was just some feeling I got being at that finish line. And then I thought to myself, I, I think I could run a marathon. I said, I ran a half marathon and I found out the Honolulu marathon had um, no, no finish line requirements. And I thought, well, maybe one year, this is one year I'll do the Honolulu marathon. And when I said that, I was thinking like five years out, 
maybe one year I'll do the Honolulu Marathon. So then I get home and of course, next day or a couple of days later, the Santa Rosa Marathon emails a coupon code. If anybody wants to register for next year's race, get X percentage off. And I thought, well, maybe I could do the Santa Rosa Marathon next year. They had a six and a half hour finish line or something, something to that effect. So I called my mom. I said, I think maybe I could try this race next year. I think I could do it. I could train in a year. And then uh, my mom, who is awesome, signed me up for the race. She just signed me up. She said, happy birthday. I signed you up for your first marathon. And so it was kind of like this thing that was a one day to all of a sudden it was a, oh, okay, there's, this is on the calendar now. And, and so then when it was, you know, it was almost like it was out of my choice because she did it. And I was so grateful that she did because it would have been a one day because going from the half marathon to the marathon for me was very intimidating. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was not doable, but it was very intimidating to think about doubling what I had done. Um, but you know, then all of a sudden there it was on my calendar. And so I did the math on when I needed to start training and I ran a couple half marathons, you know, by the, between the time I was registered and by the time that the marathon was going to come and I diligently trained for 22 weeks for the marathon. And I was one of the last people to finish the marathon. Uh, in fact, I got passed by a man who was in a full firefighter uniform at the finish at the actual finish line. Um, but that, but I did it. And that's kind of how it came to be that it was a, well, one day I'll do this. And then because of the push from, um, from my mom, you know, then it became, well, now I'm going to do it. And I did it because I said I was going to do it. So I did it. And, um, and that's, you know, that's kind of a unique thing. I realize we don't always have somebody who's just going to put it on their credit card and force you to do it. But I'm very lucky that that's how it worked out for me, because um, that's just what the push that I needed to know that I was ready for the next step. I needed somebody else who could look outside of me, you know, I'm in my own world, but somebody who knew the potential that I had and was, was ready to say, okay, you're okay, little birdie, you're ready to fly, we're going to do it, you're going to do it. So uh, that's how that came to came to happen. Yeah. And that's like, that's fantastic of your mom, but it doesn't have to be someone else for you either. Right. Like you can just say, let's put it on the calendar. And when that, like, as you just described, when that day is there in the future, it brings you back to what you have to do today to get to that goal. So it completely changes your habits, putting that on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we have a lot of people that listen to the show that have found us because they are just getting into running and are just looking for inspiration and tips and tricks and a lot of the time they're like yourself or maybe they run a half marathon and a lot of people actually have that similar similar story where they see people finishing a marathon or 100 miles and they're like wow like there's something that you can see this transformative look on these people's faces <laughs> maybe it's near death I don't know but <laughs> that they're like I want to do that I need to experience that but they have no idea how to train for it so if this is your first marathon, um, maybe you're not like super involved in a running community just yet. How did you go about figuring out how to train for a marathon? For my very first marathon, um, you know, I was still relatively new to running. So I didn't know necessarily that places like my local running store had groups and things like that. That was not something I even knew existed. And so really, I relied on social media a lot. I reached out to bloggers that I followed who were runners to talk to them and pick their brains a little bit and um, and just kind of ask them, you know, when did you know you were ready or what tips do you have for me? And, and this was important to me because talking to people on social media, it felt a lot like, well, it, 
it it was like I was talking to a real person who was running a marathon and not somebody who was this elite marathon runner. And that's what I needed. I needed to talk to people who uh, were just regular, you know, nine to five workers or moms or people who got their weight loss journeys and become runners. I needed to talk to people that I could relate to. And that helped me to find my foundation to feel comfortable to train for for the marathon and to have a baseline on on what kinds of things to look out for so for you know anyone who's run a marathon or anyone who's going to run a marathon I hope it don't scare you if you haven't run one and are planning to but you know training for a marathon for me and I think for others is hard especially when it's it's the high mileage, it's the longest long run, you know, everybody talks about the dreaded 20 miler week. And uh, I wanted to talk to people who could just tell me like, look, it's going to be hard. I'm just going to give it to you straight. Um, Because that made me feel like, okay, everything I'm experiencing is normal. And that's okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not some off case or one off who's trying to train for this race and having a horrible time or, or whatever the case may be. And so that really was a big, uh, big stepping point for me to feel like I was ready to, to talk to people, even if I didn't know them personally, but followed their blogs for a while. And that was years ago. So now it's like the running social media has boomed even more. There's so many people on Instagram or Facebook bloggers or whatever that are available as resources. And uh, so that was really what helped me for my first marathon to, to get to the start line and then get to the finish line. And then as time has gone on and I've run more marathons, uh, I eventually found out about my local fleet feet and they had running groups and I synced up with some staff people there and uh, actually found a one-on-one running coach. So my running coach, Coach Patrick at Good Fit Coaching has gotten me through all of my races uh, since that first marathon, all my marathons, a bunch of halves and my ultra. Um, And similarly to what I was saying earlier, but a more personal relationship, really being able to to talk to him in real time and not just about the running stuff, not just what pace should I be running at or this, that, the other really like, wow, that was a really hard workout. You know, how can I tackle it next time? Or wow, I really just need you to like cut my mileage back this week because I am just not into this right now. And, and having somebody that's, you know, giving you the the running piece of it, but also just the personal piece, the investment in training for races, um, because your mind is part of it too. It's not just what your legs can do; it's what your what your mind can handle. And totally. and so that's been how I've you know seen success through both the first marathon and then um, in the past few years since I started working with my coach. Really, how I've had success. Um. Yeah, you make a really good point. I like that because when you're training for a marathon, it is more than just like a couple of random workouts per week. It does intertwine (laughs) with your life so much that, Mm -hmm. and we talk about how, like if you have a stressful week at work and it's that 20 mile or Saturday that you talk about, like your mind and your body doesn't really know if it's physical stress or mental stress. It's just stress on the body. And maybe it's not the right week for that. And you can shuffle things around and these plans don't have to be cookie cutter, right? You could make them work with your body. So Mm -hmm. I think that's lots of great advice there. I think it's interesting that you talk a bit about social media too and using that to your benefit. And I think it can be a double-edged sword with, especially with running and this like perceived body that we're supposed to have. So I know body image is such a struggle for like 80% of female runners, if I was going to put a guess out there. When you were beginning running and going through your weight loss journey, did you struggle with body image and what a runner quotes is supposed to look like according to half of social media and how did you deal with that you know that's 
That's a good question. And I don't think that I struggled with that at first. And I say that because I was considering myself as somebody who was overweight and lost weight, who was going to run a half marathon. I did not consider myself a runner, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. You know, I was like, this is so I'm going to accomplish this one goal and then I'll check it off my list. And so I didn't feel like I needed to compare myself to, to others because I wasn't, I'm not them. I'm, they're runners, but I'm just somebody who's going to run this race. And then like, I'll go back to my indoor cycle classes or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so no, I didn't experience that at first. And as time has gone on, um, I, I've really tried to find people on social media who talk a lot about, um, exactly what you're saying, the, the struggles, even the people who are the quote unquote traditional looking runners, you know, some of them have had transformation stories or they struggle or, um, you know, as, and as I started running and started going to more races, I was exposed to more people and really saw the demographic of people who ran. And it really wasn't just the traditional, um, stick figure, you know, 110 pounds soaking wet kind of, kind of runners. And so for me, fortunately, I've never gone through a struggle of feeling like I wasn't a runner because of how I look and feeling that I had a need to compare to other people. And I think, like I said, it was because originally I thought, well, I'm just going to do this and then be done with it. I never really felt like I fit in with, with as a runner at the time. And then because I approached with that mindset, as I went to more races, it was like, okay, I'm just somebody who's like going to do this race and then not be a runner anymore. But, you know, you keep getting exposed to more and more people. And then I joined some online running groups and then I joined a running club and then I went to fun runs at my local fleet feed. And it was like, okay, I'm going to hang out with the 70 year old dude who can run faster than I can, (laughs) even though I'm running like a 13 minute pace. But, um, you know, there's always one of those 70 year old dudes in every (laughs) race. It's always amazing. (laughs) Yep. Or there's like the, the guy with the stroller where you're like, wow, you're going twice as fast as I am and you're pushing the stroller. But, yeah. you know, it was just really like it, it didn't matter because I never considered myself to be a runner until eventually I was like, well, guess I'm a runner now. And that actually took a while for me to, to accept that I was a runner. It, it took at least two marathons before I was like, oh, OK, I've I've run more than one marathon. I guess I am a runner, not just somebody who runs. Um, so that's been a, that was an interesting shift in in mindset as well yeah it's funny I just had another guest too who said it took her six marathons to define herself as a runner and I'm like if if you run down the block and then you come home like you're a runner it's just Mm -hmm. funny that we all have this like mental boundary of when that expectation will be um so I mean maybe it's part of your musical background too and doing theater that you just like exude confidence that I wish I could just bottle up and like give out to some people, but that's obviously impossible. So my question for you is if somebody was struggling with confidence, um, both with say body image or just getting into running. And like you said, that two mile run feels impossible. You had such a willingness to just get out the door with the people that you're working with and do these 5k mud runs and, and just get involved and just start. So what would be your advice to somebody who's just afraid of, of starting? I would say, you know, I do a lot of social media posting, but what I keep offline is uh, I keep a confidence journal and I don't share a lot of what I write in there with social media because it's just a little different. Sometimes I'll put snippets, but not often. And so an exercise I've gone through 
when I'm feeling anxious about something or trying something new. Um, because like I said before, my drive is both a gift, but sometimes it's a curse. Um, and sometimes with my drive, when I want to try new things every once in a while, because they're unknown, uh, it, it's hard for me to approach things that I can't map out and plot. And so an activity that I'll go through in my confidence journal when I want to try something new or I'm feeling anxious about something is setting a timer, three to five minutes, and I write down all the things that come to my head that I'm anxious or nervous or worried about around that specific activity. So um, let's say if we were doing this for the sake of an exercise, if someone were to say, I want to go to my first group run, but I'm nervous, you know, I would encourage that person, you know, would you consider setting a timer for three minutes, writing down the things you're anxious about. And then when the timer goes off, you put the paper and pen down, you take a little walk around the block, you come back to it, and then you look at it and think, are these really things I need to be worried about? Or am I just manifesting some unknown and that's causing me anxiety, but it's really nothing, you know? And so when I went to my first group run, the, I went through that exercise and I was like, what if I'm the slowest? What if I get lost? What if I show up at the wrong time? What if everybody hates me? What if they all know each other? What if nobody talks to me? And then if I, as I came back to that, I thought, okay, I won't get lost because I know the running store that this starts and ends at. So I can always find my way back. If everybody's faster than me, then that's okay. I'll run by myself and run less and turn around so that I finish when they finish. Uh, if nobody's going to talk to me, well, then I'll just talk to them and, you know, I'll start the conversation. I'll interject myself, uh, you know. Maybe I can find a friend to bring with me who I know is a little more confident than I am to start these conversations. And, you know, I went through that and I was like, these worries all have solutions. It's just that I was manifesting so many unknowns and not taking the time to really think about, you know, how can I fix these things I'm worried about um, or what's the answer to them or, or is it even a real problem? Uh, and then eventually it was like, okay, this is way less intimidating than I keep making myself think that it is. But when we let our wheels spin, sometimes <laughs> I think we're like our totally our own worst enemy. And I'm, totally. I'm guilty of that. Um, so that's one activity that has really helped me when I wanted to go, you know, approach new things. Or if I have a new workout that I've never done before that I'm super nervous about, I'll, I'll go through that exercise and go in my confidence journal the night before and write down the things that I'm worried about and then, you know, get it off my chest and then uh, move on and do the workout or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, I think acknowledging why we're anxious or nervous or scared or insert whatever feeling you're feeling here and then honoring that feeling and then either accepting like you know i am nervous and i'm not ready for this then that's okay or you know i am nervous but after i've thought about it and written it out it's really not as bad as i think that it is i'm gonna you know forge forward um then that gives you a clear path forward um, or at least it has for me and so that's been a very helpful activity that i that i go through when i feel i need it that's really cool. And I like that because manifesting the unknown is what I think you said. And that's so true. And if we put it on paper, then it's like you can kind of quantify it and realize that like all the kind of icky unknown feelings with it are just the like the worries. But when you put them on paper, they become so, so much smaller because you actually see what what they are. Um, Again, it's hard to articulate, but I know what you're saying. And I think that is such a good exercise and could go f so far beyond running, right? Into anything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I certainly do that exercise, not just for running, work, you know, projects I'm working on personally. I mean, it's just, it's a great exercise that I really enjoy going through because, you know, you set that timer and it's like, 
sometimes that pen is like so fast and furious. I go back, I'm like, I can't even read what I wrote because I was, you know, getting all this out. But it's, it's really been helpful for me to approach many things in that way. What do you do for work? I uh, work as an administrative team member for a manufacturing company. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, are you doing any stuff for musical theater right now? No, unfortunately, because of COVID, uh, there's oh, yeah, not really been, yeah, there's not been anything. Uh, I'm hoping that that, you know, as people are getting vaccinated and things open up, that that's a world I can go back into. But uh, nothing lately because of that. But I try to do at least one musical a year um, when I can. So, yeah. It's awesome. And you must, like, I obviously interview a lot of people, but you can just spell, tell by the way that you speak that you must have had some training in, like, how to just speak in a way that is captivating and yet gets your ideas across and in such an easy kind of simple to absorb way. Um, so I'm just really enjoying listening to you. <laughs> well, thank you. I do appreciate that. And I, you know, thank you for that compliment. Uh, it's something that when I commit to being a very active social media um, blogger, if you will, um, was that when I, I told myself when I talk and tell my story, whether it's in an in-person interview like this or or writing something that others are going to read that I wasn't going to let my story just be the good and I wasn't necessarily going to share bad but I told myself that the whole point of my blogging and my storytelling was to be vulnerable and opening up about the realities of my transformation or how my training is going or the struggles I'm facing. Um, because like I said earlier, you know, I really looked to a lot of social media people to, to find guidance and to feel successful as I first started running. And so I felt like this is my opportunity to be that for other people. And the only way that I think I can successfully do that is to be really vulnerable and to be really open and honest. And so when I do storytell or share or interview, it really comes from the heart because I'm not trying to cherry pick the things that I think people want to hear. I'm gonna give it to you 100% in full color and really tell you how it's going and how I'm, how I'm feeling and how I'm doing. And that makes me feel like um, I'm giving you a full picture, a full story of, of what's going on. And um, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm so much more able, just able to be open with people I'm speaking to and sharing with. Yeah. And you absolutely are. And that's what people relate to. And that's what somebody else will hear and say like, Oh, okay. Like then I can, I can start. Um, I want to, I have a few other things I want to talk to you about, but you did dabble a little bit in the ultra scene. So you've done 150K. Um, let's hear a bit about what 50K that was. Was it in trails and uh, how did that go? Yes, it was a trail race. Uh, it was actually a 12 hour endurance event that I did my 50K at. So um, not your standard point to point course of a 50k but it was a three I think it was 3.3 mile loop um, that you did as many times as you could or wanted to for 12 hours Ooh, that's um, hard. yeah I, I chose that because um, I am not a terribly fast runner and I'm certainly not a fast trail runner I I really love road running and so trail running is not somewhere I spend a ton of time but I wanted to accomplish this goal and so this type of event was perfect because I had a lot of friends that were going to be there uh, and so I knew I could sync up with different people for different loops or that there'd always be somebody waving to me from from the camp where all of our stuff was stored and 
And that gave me an opportunity to feel like I wasn't alone the whole time. That was really important for me. Uh, I didn't want to be on some trail by myself, you know, with the race director waiting for the last person to come in. I really wanted the experience to be to tackle the distance, but to have fun while I was doing it. And so uh, that's that's the story of, of where I did the race. Now, actually accomplishing it was the hardest thing I think I've ever done physically and mentally uh my feet blistered over really badly during the during the race uh i wasn't eating very much because i was really nervous about just 12 hours of running or, or whatever it was going to be but i i knew i had 12 hours to finish um so i wasn't really eating much well that ended up totally backfiring on me and i was just hungry and i you know feeling too late and um a lot of things that i didn't do right but uh i was in I was in it to do it I wasn't gonna leave without having accomplished this goal and at one point I mean it was so hard that I think that's the only race that I had gotten to a certain point and I just started crying and I was like I can't do this this is too hard this was too big of a goal and my husband was there and he was like it's not too big of a goal like you you're doing it you know it wasn't like you can do it it was like you are doing it you're doing it right now you're putting one foot in front of the other and at some point you know i wasn't even running anymore it was like walking and hiking and it, it but oh, it was that's like, what trail running is it's just a yeah shuffle. oh yeah yeah was, yeah like a slow slog up the hill and, <laughs> yeah. and you know really having that mindset change of not it wasn't that I can do this it was i am doing this i'm in the middle of it it's hard but as long as I put one foot in front of the other, I am doing this. And it's only until I raise the red flag and say, I'm done, that I'm not doing it anymore. And that wasn't going to be an option. And so that was mentally what I needed to think about. It wasn't, I can do this. It's, I am doing this. And just putting one foot in front of the other and um, just going for it. And, and like I said, it was it was really hard. I, I can't even put it into words why it was so hard. I just... I just knew that even though it was only five miles more than a marathon, which doesn't really seem like anything, it's like, oh, five miles, I run that, you know, in the middle of the week as an easy run. But it was just this mindset of this is new and and the trail, you know, trail running was pretty new to me as well. Um, but really, you know, just just do it, just hunker down and just do it. And that's really what I had to tell myself. It, there was no magic pill. It was you just need to put your head down and put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Um, and then it was very emotional when I finished because of course, you know, here you are thinking you can't do it and how can I do it? And finally you do do it. And it's like, wow, I really didn't, I, like we were saying earlier, I didn't find my limit today. I met my goal. So that means this isn't my ceiling. And I, I did this. And, and so that's, you know, that was the journey through that. And, uh, you know, I say I'm never going to do it again, but I also said that after, you know, my first marathon and <laughs> that's not at all how that's worked out for me. So <laughs> who knows? It's just, you know, whatever, whatever the spirit moves me to think is my next goal. I go with that. I don't necessarily um, seek out goals. I kind of wait for my, my mind and my body to tell me what we're, what we're doing next. And I kind of roll with it. So uh, that was, that's been my, my ultra journey thus far. You know, with your type of personality, I think you are going to venture back and I bet you you'll do a long distance trail because it takes, first of all, when you do your first 50K, like you said, there's so much to learn from it. And it is not just adding those extra five miles onto a marathon. It is a completely different game. You have to start fueling early. You have to be prepared to look at your watch and be going like, I don't know, a 25 minute mile because you're going straight up. And 
sometimes going downhill is equally as slow because your legs are so tired. So it's such a shift from being like, oh, I'm holding this pace on the road to like, I'm just kind of out in nature by myself trying to get somewhere else. And I don't know if I'm lost or not. Um, And I know the loop isn't totally like that, but I think you'll end up probably doing one where you get that feeling of like, okay, I'm just on this adventure to see how long I can go for. And it's a different type of running, but it brings kind of a whole new set of rewards as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yep. They're exactly right. And like I said, sometimes my spirit surprises me with what we're doing next. So I, you know, like my mind says we're not doing it again, but who knows what will happen over time, how, how ambitious I'll become. So. so I love that when you say your spirit and your body shows you what goal is next, how, what kind of signals, signs, um, universal things do you see? That's a good question. Um, you know, I really, not just in running, always trust my gut. I always go with my gut. Sometimes I might analyze what my gut is saying before I agree to it, but I pretty much always go with my gut instinct. Um, and I, when I say it pretty much always, I mean like I would say like 98% of the time, like, oh, okay, this is this is what my instincts are telling me. I'm gonna go with this. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't really have a better answer beyond that. Um, but, and I'm sure that it also ties into not just running that I've set my goals. It's like, I'm, I'm a whole person. I run, but I also lift weights and I work and I'm a wife and I'm a performer. And it's like, it's all, you know, sometimes running isn't what the goal is. Sometimes being in a musical is what the goal is, or like an awesome work project that I'm super stoked on. Like that's where my focus goes. And so, um, you know, not just the, the running part of it, but I let my, my instincts kind of guide me as to what area of life am I setting a goal in right now? And usually it's running. Um, even if it's not right away, it's like, okay, I know in six months I'm going to run X marathon or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I, I like to kind of sprawl out into the different areas of my life and put focus there and accomplish something in different areas so that I feel like a whole person and um, live a very full holistic life that isn't just 100% running because running is important to me, but you don't want to give it so much power that you burn out on it. So that's something that I'm cognizant of as well. Yeah. Or like we have a lot of university athletes who, and this is so common where like it becomes so much of who you are that that becomes your identity that if for some reason you get injured or you can't run, you don't know who else you are without it. So that balanced mindset that you have, I think is really important. I was looking through your blog and so you've had that for quite a few years, which is way more consistent than most people are. And you post consistently, um, 2016, you started it. So what made you want to start a blog and why have you kept it up over these years? I first started my blog because I was documenting my weight loss and my physical journey on my regular Facebook page. And I thought, "Eh, I don't know that everybody I'm friends with on Facebook really cares about how many miles I ran in this oatmeal that I ate today. So I said, okay, I'll make a separate blog and then I'll invite my mom and my husband to follow it. You know, a few friends I figured. And surprisingly, um, you know, thinking it was just going to be my mom and my husband and my grandma and my cat that followed the blog. Um, But surprisingly, I don't know how it started to gain traction with other people. And like I said, originally, the intention of my blogging and my storytelling was really just, I ran three miles, and then I made this great meal. Yay. Um, And as more people started finding me, you know, more questions started coming, you know, just different questions. How did you become active? How have you lost weight? Uh, any tips for somebody just starting? 
And so because these questions were coming in from from followers, I thought, well, I guess I should write about this, you know, so the answer doesn't go to just one person, it goes to multiple people. And it was one of those things like selfishly, when I first started, it was like, well, if I just write about this on my actual blog, I won't have to answer the same question six times from a direct message. Um, but then it just it just kept growing people, more people kept finding me, uh, more questions started coming. And then as I started talking more about the actual process and my actual story versus just these little bullet points of what my day was like, um, I started finding my voice even more. So originally I started my blog to just be about really my weight loss. And then eventually I started talking about, like I was saying earlier, like the vulnerability piece of it. And that originally came as going from somebody who was so heavy, I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs to suddenly being in this body that was, you know, anywhere from 75 to almost 100 pounds less, like the mental shift of that, I really wanted to talk about it because I couldn't see myself where it actually was, I kept seeing myself as the heavy person that I had used to be. And so I talked a lot about that and the vulnerability behind that. And then as I started running more, I talked a lot about, you know, the vulnerability of being a runner and how hard it was. And, you know, the fact that my 20 miler on my first marathon training took, you know, I think it probably took me five hours. I don't remember. I'd have to look, but it just took me forever. And I wanted to talk about that and make it normal and make it um, real. And then as I kept writing and the response from people to just say, thank you, this makes me feel like I'm normal too. Um, that really encouraged me to, with that feedback to just keep talking and, and keep sharing. And, and so that's why I have kept it going. And that's, you know, I, I like to think of what I write about to be more of a community. It's like, I'm telling my story, but the people who follow and read, like we're all a community, we all celebrate each other. And, um, and that by sharing my triumphs and what I'm afraid of, that I hope to inspire others to find that within themselves, whatever that looks like. So for me, you know, trying to PR my half and to run marathons, like that brings me joy. And I like to share about that. And to somebody else, they might say, wow, she's really going for her goal. My goal is to learn to knit. I want to learn to knit. And I feel inspired because she tackled something that she thought was going to be hard. And I can tackle this goal of mine. So, you know, whatever that translates to, to other people, I hope that my story inspires them to find whatever sparks the joy in them and brings them fulfillment and makes them feel like a whole person um, and to carry that into their own life. So that's, you know, that's part of why I keep writing because I want to, I want other people to, to feel that in themselves, whatever that looks like. Yeah, that's such a great point. And that is what we say on the podcast all the time and how running kind of uh, parallels with the rest of your life in that you run a half marathon and you're like, oh shit, I really am capable of stuff. If I can run this half marathon, I can apply for this promotion or I can write a book or like you said, whatever it be that is your goal at the time. Um, And it's like other people are using your running story to find that within themselves. So it is really cool that you're sharing and so open and honest. And I I just know a lot of people are going to relate with this episode as well as your blog. So all very good and exciting things. Yeah, thanks. Before we finish up here, what is on the docket for you in the future? What are you training for, excited for doing right now? Well, funny you ask that. Um, I've <laughs> kept it on the down low, and I'm sure by the time this airs that it will have happened. Oh. Uh, this this weekend, I am running a half marathon and actually going for a half marathon PR. Uh, my PR is five years old, Ooh. and I uh, haven't broken it. 
I don't know what this weekend's going to look like, but I've been training for the last 16 weeks for an actual in-person race, and uh, I'm going to go 100% full effort. And if uh, if a PR is in my body and in the carts, then great. Uh, if not, I'm going to have a really successful race based off my training cycle, and uh, looking very very forward to that. So that's you know we're at the end of the under the line on that. I'm tapering right now. In fact, I have like the extreme taper crazies. Oh, worse. <laughs> like my whole my house is super clean. And I read like <laughs> two books this weekend. Um, but then after that, you know, my as I said earlier, my spirit has started whispering to me uh, some some next goals. It's hard to set goals right now, of course, because of COVID and uh, so many races being canceled. It's hard to you know really commit to anything, but. Um, you know, I'm considering maybe some shorter distance time trials and of course, continuing to run for fun, but I like to, you know, try and have something to work towards, especially working with my coach. It's fun to work with him and, and have him push my limits and then test them out. So, um, not sure what's going to happen after the race this weekend, but you know, I'll have a few ideas that are kind of sitting on the back burner that I'll decide on eventually. Yeah, well, you got to take care of business first, and then you can think about those future <laughs> goals, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's super exciting. So I'll be watching your Instagram. I'm sure you'll post about it if you get your PB or if not, or whatever you have to say about it. But um, best of luck with that. Thank you. Okay, so last question that I like to ask everybody. If you could describe running in three words, what would they be? Oh, in three words. It's a challenging one. Um, I would say magical, joyful, and exhilarating oh those are awesome joyful and exhilarating really resonate too and i don't think anybody's actually said those two yet all right no maybe i'll have okay well thank you so much for taking the time i've absolutely loved chatting with you and i definitely can't wait to see what other goals you take on if our listeners want to find you on instagram or find your blog where can they find you Sure. Uh, on Instagram, my username is Vancesa, V-A-N-C-E-S-A. And on Facebook uh, and on uh, my actual blog is Vanessa Goes From Fat to Fit. So you can search that on Facebook or you can type that into Vanessa Goes From Fat to Fit dot com and you'll find me there. Or you can just hashtag that on, on any social media platform and you'll find me. Um, but that's where you can find me at. All right. Awesome. And I'll link to all in those show notes, all of those in the show notes and Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time on your day to chat. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me. It's been really fun chatting with you today.